I don't push to try to say things. Mm -hmm. When I'm not sure what to say, I just have to wait. It's, uh, I, I have to just be a servant of what needs to be said. Welcome to Mindful Warrior Radio. Mindful Warrior Radio is a space we created to connect with incredible humans to share brave stories, authentic insight, and real knowledge. My name is Cami Craig. I'm a former elite athlete, Olympic champion, turned performance and culture design coach at Mindful Warrior. And I'm your host of Mindful Warrior Radio. Today on Mindful Warrior Radio, we welcome Lauren Monroe. Lauren is an accomplished musician, healer, noted author, and speaker. As a globally recognized advocate for mental health awareness, PTSD, suicide prevention, and crisis healing, these themes are echoed in her music. Lauren and her husband, Rick Allen, have created the Raven Drum Foundation from the desire to empower others through a meaningful shared experience of music and community. Her hope is to awaken hearts, ease suffering, and activate the souls of those who are ready to create powerful change. Through Lauren's gifts, she has served thousands of people in need. With great gratitude, I'm thrilled to tap into the insight and experience of Lauren Monroe on today's episode of Mindful Warrior Radio. I've had the opportunity to sit with Lauren in ceremony and around a fire pit and your essence and energy, Lauren, is beautiful and such a gift. Um, and so I'm so, so grateful and honored to welcome it on to Mindful Warrior Radio today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. And what a beautiful introduction. I, I, I'm very, very blessed to be here and talk to you about this. It's a, it's a, wild time right now to be having these conversations. And I think they're really meaningful for a lot of people. I, I would agree. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and insight. I want to start by asking here, you're, you're already saying it's a wild time. So I, I want to ask kind of what has called you to show up in the ways that you have as a, a singer, songwriter, and healer and to be touring and traveling the world and sharing your gifts with many um, what's kind of been the source of calling to have you show up in this way? That's so interesting. It's a good question because I've uh, been very fortunate to, and privileged to have been aligned with my purpose since I was six. I didn't know, I didn't know how it would come to be. And it's taken me all of this time to, to change the way we compartmentalize ourselves to be able to be one whole person and do what I'm doing. But, you know, I uh, have always been a person of service and I've always been an artist and uh, my healing gifts came to me when I was very young. So it's been my mission to define what that means in a more um, academic and scientific way. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and then and find ways to, to share it and my art and storytelling and of course teaching energy medicine are, have always been ways I've done it, but now it's all wrapped into me, into into the message and everything I'm doing. So, um, you know, the universe as it would allow um, 
created this time and it just so happens to land upon this time in the world where people are really needing um, community and to be inspired and have some hope. So um, it's it's been a journey, but I, I think I've always had that intention. Yeah. This, this is just who I am. And this is, these are the gifts that I bring to the table. And now the world is shifted to accept them. Yeah. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about what this kind of, as you've been on this journey to come to this package that you're in today, which I imagine will continue to evolve and, and show in different ways. Um, can you give us a little bit of color of, of what that looks like for you right now? Well, now it's this wonderful um, gathering of the fabrics of my my work into making this beautiful blanket I could wrap around people. And, mm -hmm. and so it's the energy medicine pieces um, that I've done for so many years. You know, I've been teaching energy medicine um, and practicing it since I was very young um, and started teaching it as an adult as I was able to define it in ways that I felt like were a little more grounded. I'm, I'm Italian. I come from a very Italian Catholic family and, yeah. you know, the, my queen's culture from New York, um, really much it defined how I needed to deliver it. And I think was, it was a gift because my, 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 my path has been trying to find ways to look at, well, it's intuition, it's, um, using intention, it's energy, but how do I talk to someone mm -hmm. um, about it? Who doesn't really understand any of that. And so it doesn't seem like woo woo or hippy dippy or, you know, I, I, so, uh, I've, I've been able to, to bring, uh, these moments of research and study into my world to help define what I'm doing and now deliver it to people through storytelling and music on a, in a mainstream way where I feel like it's important now, you know, not to always, people need healing and they don't know it. Mm -hmm. And they don't know how to look for it. Not everybody's going to go see a therapist. Not everyone's going to go try homeopathy or acupuncture or drumming for that matter, because they may think it's, well, how is that going to help me? Like drumming, you know, that people have these perceptions out of their lack of experience. So I'm able to now craft a production that is mainstream. Uh, so people can come into a place like City Winery in New York um, mm -hmm. and go out for an evening and have this very deep healing experience in a safe place among strangers. And it sounds like, well, I don't want to do that, you know, when I say mm -hmm. it. But once you come to these events, you are able to look around the room and all of a sudden you're part of something really beautiful and really big, bigger than yourself. And it creates this wonderful channel of communication and empathy for one another. So that's been the process of it in a very short soundbite, but mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in a very organic, beautiful state right now. That's being amplified. Wow. I think it, it is so beautiful to hear as you were sharing that I could hear how you become kind of this interior designer of the experience and what it takes to continue to show up to kind of cultivate that and create that in a safe way, as you said. And what I'm hearing in that is that you absolutely meet the listeners where they're at in that experience. And that I just want to affirm and lift that up because that is no easy task to meet someone where they're at, especially in 
providing healing, right? Without just creating the space, the ambience, like what is it to feel safe within that and then deliver what gifts that you have to give. Your creativity and your awareness and your intuition and your skill set and even all the things that you have to learn to know how to create a safe space um, has to be so turned on. And I imagine every time you perform in a space, you go back and think about how do I adjust or shift or change things just a small way to continue to meet our listeners and those who are within that space? It's so, you know, I've never had anyone to find out to be able to, to, to even notice all Mm -hmm. that's going on. No one's ever even talked to me about that, but because it is very, it's very detailed and it's very uh, relying upon my skill sets. And I'm very, I'm, I'm so grateful for all the experiences I've had. Yeah. Because now it's second nature, this, these adjustments and these, the, the way I see, because I had to learn, I think very quickly working with different populations for, uh, I, we have a foundation called Raven Drum Foundation and it's mm-hmm. it was developed in 2001. And since then I've been working with so many different populations of people bringing energy medicine and drumming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've learned very quickly, early on, one of our, our first projects was working with a juvenile detention center for boys. So they were mostly gang kids, 14 to 17 years old. And right away, I learned if I wasn't absolutely authentic, mm-hmm. absolutely vulnerable with my own who I was, and I came in to teach anything, these boys would shut right off. They have BS detectors, you know, the, yes. they know they right away. So I was like, oh, I can't hide at all. It's terrifying mm-hmm. to be a teacher like that. But I realized that I have to be in the in the in the moment of receiving healing. And to do that, I have to be absolutely in my heart, in my intuition, and let my mind who's judging and comparing and analyzing and approaching things with an ego be be completely shut down and, mm-hmm. and listen to this other part of myself. And that taught me a lot. Yeah. Because now I can go in and out of experiences, you know, say with Marines, yep. and they come into this situation, some of them highly traumatized and also, um, you know, with the expectation that may be below the line and I'm able to reach people where they're at with the language where they're at and then, and then allow them to open the door. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important part of being a teacher or being a leader is to be vulnerable enough to, to meet people where they are and not make people come to you because I'm serving them. When you're, when you approach any kind of leadership as a, being a servant, then you have to be heart-based. You have to be open and, and it's a practice to get to this point and surrender completely to the higher good. And it's like, well, it's not up to me. Right. Um, it's uh, I'm showing up. So uh, my spiritual connection will do the rest of the work and which is a beautiful thing, but it's can be terrifying. Yes. <laughs> it was first and it still sometimes is. I would imagine. And I just have to go, Oh, here I am. And I feel like my heart start beating and my, the sweat starting to come. And then I have to just be open and just, I think some of the most powerful things that I have been able to do is to be in that state of vulnerability and being afraid on stage in front of people and just wait. Mm, the pause. 
just wait. And I've learned and I just stand there and wait. Everyone is, it's like a magnet. Mm. Everyone starts to wait. And this pregnant pause of energy starts to happen. And then as soon as I, soon as I feel it like integrate, I can start talking and then things just flow, but I have to be willing if I'm uncertain and I'm in my head, yes. I got to just stand there and let everybody and that uncomfortable feeling that I used to dread, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was, I'm not a, I'm not an outward person. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a introvert, believe it or not, but yeah. um, it's, it's powerful. It's, it's to be in that uncertainty and let something bigger than yourself take over. Yes. I have, I've had, so coming into this interview, I had quite a bit of curiosity of how you strike the balance of being open and vulnerable in the ways that you just spoke about, but still holding and protecting yourself in a way that you can continue to serve and continue to show up. I'm, you know, and I would imagine that balance continues to grow and you still continue to understand it, but you know, how do you open yourself up, but still remain protected uh, mm-hmm. and what you do as a healer. That's such a great question. I can't believe you're asking it. <laughs> I'm very happy. Um, I learned very early on about, because I'm an empath and I'm a clairvoyant empath and that I didn't really learn how to be that. I just was. And so what happens is after being this in the world as a child and growing into you, you, you just experience things so differently. And then when I went into massage therapy and I was actually working with people, I would pick up so much stuff as we all do. Like, and we don't really have a handbook in how to protect ourselves. And when you're highly sensitive, it's even more important. So I learned early on about boundaries and setting boundaries and protection um, for my clientele, which were, I, I work with a lot of people with trauma and with you know cancer and heart disease and addiction. And it's important to have boundaries around when you're working with people who are suffering. And then I went into more doing more work in groups and workshops from there, and then doing work uh, more on stage and holding ceremony, like with the drum, drum circles. And it's really, you're holding space for people to process. Mm-hmm. And I found doing that it was even more important for me to protect myself. And now it's it's just really grounding, setting my intention, being very aware of my own energy field and uh, being a channel, but being very grounded. So now I know how to do it. But if I, it's important, you have to just set the intention because it's easy to go right into your script or your role and then I found the place, the times where I didn't do that. And I afterwards, for me, what it looks like when I'm not protected and I put myself out there like that is I wake up the next day and almost felt like I went to a party and drank too much. And I don't remember yep. what I did or said. And like, there's like a shame and there's a, mm-hmm. there's a darkness. There's a, so I, I was, I'm very, very clear with that now. Mm-hmm. This responsibility I have, you know, and I, I, to, to, to maintain a, a groundedness and a strength that is able to hold all of the pain that arrives. Mm-hmm. You know, it, when you, when you ask spirit to come in and heal and you're healing pain, suffering will show up because suffering wants to be healed and released in, in our souls and people. So I, it's a responsibility for me to be grounded and to bring this protection in, not to my, for myself alone, but for the group. 
Yeah. Yeah. What is that pause and pacing that you just spoke about briefly? How does that pause and pacing connect with boundaries and grounding for you? Well, I think I don't push to try to say things Mm -hmm. when I'm not sure what to say. I just have to wait. It's uh, I, I have to just be a servant of what needs to be said and not really control the narrative. So when I'm doing this and I'm talking to people and I have things I want to say and things aren't aligned, I'm not feeling it coming out naturally. I go, okay, wait. And in that, what I'm doing is my energy is in a place of grounded trust. So I am physically displaying this moment of being very vulnerable and trusting that the words need to come in so I can give the people um, the healing messages that they need to hear here on that night. And that might've been, that's different than the night before, depending on who's there. So I, I have to be very in the moment. And when people experience that, whether they know what I'm doing or not, there's a, there's a connection and a healing happening because I'm doing that in front of them mm-hmm. and, and it changes them. And I think that's just all about energy and frequency, what's going on there. And it's way beyond anything I would even attempt to define yes. um, that I'm trying to do now, but uh, <laughs> that's just my experience of it. That, um, you know, when you're an authentic person, that it, it it sends ripples out to other people to be less in their armoring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said authenticity allows people to drop the armor and come as themselves is beautiful. Um, there's this kind of what's coming up for me as you are a performer and a healer. And those two things are living at once for you, which I mean, as if it's not enough to be a performer, let's be a healer or a healer and a performer. I mean, you're juggling it, right? So there's so many things that you have to be aware of. And what I'm hearing so beautifully as you speak is how much you have to be in flow and fluid and pivot with what is brought to the table. But I would imagine as a, you know, a performer myself or an athlete myself, There's a great deal of preparation that goes in to build that kind of safety and structure and what's needed to show up. And so there's this element of control and I don't want to use the word rigidity, but there's an element of control and structure that needs to take place. But yet there is there is an obvious surrender that's needed to be able to show up, be present, be authentic and not be scripted. Um, and how, how do you balance holding that structure and then leaning into the freedom or the flow? How does that come up for you or present? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, because it's always a pre-production kind of format, like to a show, if I I'm talking about specifically what I'm doing on stage, there's a production format and then throughout it, um, how I thread in uh, some of the more um, intuitive and energetic elements of the healing is all uh, improvisational. Uh, and so we have a loose format, but even then, like if I feel uh, what's the structure is the songs themselves because they're rehearsed and we, we know how to play these songs very well. Um, 
I, I will change the order of them depending on what's happening in the room. I might lengthen some of them. I might take one off and be like, we're not doing that one tonight. Or, you know, we have to, uh, that's all part of being in the moment. Uh, and the storytelling shifts so depending on what I'm feeling in the room too. Um, you know, some shows, there's a lot of veterans there. Other shows, there's first responders. Other shows, we we have these uh, uh, campaigns where we give away tickets. Um, people mm -hmm. donate tickets for our first responders and veterans. And so I there is an element of on the fly, the way an improvisational actor would would do. They get a loose format and then they improv it. And that's what I do. Um, and um, it's that will be growing and changing as well because I'm opening things up for 2023 um, to shift uh, into a way more interactive experience for uh, listeners at live shows to to really take away some specific tools on healing. Well, I've been developing the ideas around giving them a healing experience and I throw in some things, but now I'm going to actually show them Beautiful. What, what, what this is and how they can use it. And I think it's really important now to step out and talk about this language of energy mm -hmm. and how our beliefs affect our biology um, and, and how we are energetic beings, whether we have bodies or not and 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 really show the science of what's going on as far as consciousness research and our brains and the neuroscience component of intuition and being clairvoyant and empathic and that everybody is mm -hmm. you know uh i think people just don't know how to and, access it or be available to it or tap into it and the best way to show people is to give them experience hands down mm-hmm because you try to talk about it sometimes and it go it's too much and it's there's a lot of blocks. As soon as you give someone an experience, they go, what was that? Yes. That was important. That's that. And I have to, have to tell you, I have every show, I have these experiences of m multiple people coming up afterwards and saying something. I don't know what went on, but I had this shift. I, I, I it's profound. And it's, I believe it's because um, when your soul is ready and then you get just a, the door opens a little bit and you, and you feel this experience of being one with other people yes. and it, it, it's time it's happening all around the world. It's not just my shows. It's, mm -hmm. you know, the universe is providing some kind of um, frequency and um, around all of us who are doing this work mm -hmm. and, and, and the impact is getting greater and greater. Mm. Lauren, I am like the questions that are popping up as you speak are so wonderful. I think there are two questions that I'll ask together. You move from doing kind of one-on-one -on -one work to now doing more uh, work in, in your show. So you're bringing people together to have a shared experience and to be a part of something larger than just themselves as one. And that to me seems incredibly powerful for a number of reasons. So I want to kind of tap into, you know, what was the idea of shifting to that? Because I know probably for you, it's much greater than reaching a lot of people at once. There's a power to being within a group and experiencing healing. Um, and then, you know, how would you, 
coach a listener or someone who's there to be open to it. Cause like you said, not all of us, I think we would all love to experience the aftermath of healing, but the healing process is actually quite scary <laughs> or can be right. It's that vulnerability that you were talking about. Um, and so, you know, what is it to be collectively together and how would you have a listener or someone who is a part of these events that you're creating? How would you coach them to show up? Well, it's pretty simple. I just, uh, you know, when people arrive, uh, I would say now I'm doing this more consistently, more people are coming for second, third, fourth, fifth mm -hmm. times and they're, and they're, and they know what they're coming for, but then others don't at all. And I just, I just tell people to be open mm -hmm. and say, just, uh, you know, this is a healing experience, whether you've come for that or not, this is, this is what it will be. And we tackle very hard issues and we look at things that we hide that are uncomfortable and that we all don't, we don't really want to talk about, but they're around us every day, like suicide, um, you know, like post-traumatic stress and trauma and, and recovery and loneliness. Um, you know, the things people go out on a Friday night to escape from, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're talking about it, you know, in these venues. And I just tell people to be open and look around the room. One of the first things that I do at every show is have people look around the room with their mind's eye mm -hmm. and know that every single person in the theater is suffering or has suffered. Mm -hmm. Start from that place of group compassion for one another. We start there, then, then everybody can kind of relax and kind of accept where they are in the moment and look at themselves. Mm -hmm. So I also, I, you know, encourage how to process and throughout the show, I'm, I'm, I'm showing people how to ground, breathe, you know, it's just a natural integration um, mm -hmm. of teaching as I look around the room too. And I might, you know, single in on a person and see they're going through something. I might tell the whole crowd, you know, do this right now and watch the, watch the act, the transgression or the transformation of the person. And when I, when I see they're doing it, I know the group will be, it's affecting the group. So, you know, I, I come from the perspective of oneness, knowing that everything that I'm going through, someone else is going through, what they're going through is going. So it's just a matter of treating the whole um, with a very sensitive uh, attention. Mm. And there's, there's a little bit of that pause and pacing once again to, you know, feel into maybe where one of your audience members is going through something and pausing and holding space and not letting it just roll over that experience and having the team take a beat with that individual. I said team, you know, coming from the athlete, but the audience yeah. group take a beat and hold that person in, in, in that emotion. The power of that, you know, is tenfold for the individual who's experiencing the emotion. Um, and I think even if, you know, as an audience member or a teammate, if you don't know what to say or how to be just to be with the individual, that's incredibly powerful yeah. just to take the pause at the same time, the deep breath at the same time to acknowledge it, then to move forward. Yeah, that is so powerful. And I think it's one of the key things about healing is that we're 
so afraid to be seen in our vulnerability and in our weakness. We're, we're afraid to share that when you're in a, in a place of this capacity with 200 people, I, I play intimate shows, 200, 250 people. And you're experiencing that and you're being seen and you see other people experience it and you're, and you're, it changes you, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. empowers you. It, and that's the point. That's the point. I'm, you know, being vulnerable is power. And there's, and when you're, when you do that with another person, when you cry and people, someone sees you or acknowledges you, how that's a huge release. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking a lot to veterans and first responders and their whole, you know, a script is about armoring mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. the emotional things that they have to process are so intense that they, they need, they put up the shields to do their job, right. but there is no process for them. Um, and these type of events point them in a direction to allow themselves to be open to that. Yes. I always say our veterans were trained to turn it on, but not trained to turn it off. Um, and you're giving them the opportunity to, to be, and to turn it off if they would like, or lean in. Um, I think even going back to this point of pausing with the individual and in, not with the intention of fixing the emotion that's coming out, but just being with the emotion that's coming out and how we can do that on such micro levels as humans on a day-to-day -day basis um, in moments of, you know, going to and from your home to the grocery store, the coffee shop or wherever you're at and what you're helping to create and have others experience in your events, we can create as humans living the human experience going from door to door. And what is it to, you know, I think a lot of times we get, you know, either fearful of our vulnerability of showing our vulnerability, but even as a witness to get tangled up in the perfection of, I don't know what to say. I, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know how to fix the situation. And what I'm hearing and what you're sharing, it's not about fixing. It's just about taking a beat, pausing, and just holding that individual yeah. in their moment without an agenda or an intention or a next step. It's, it's meeting that individual with empathy. Um, and what a beautiful lesson to learn from your sharing of, of, that can happen in any moment throughout any point of your day. Absolutely, that's so beautifully said, and it's true. I, and I think what 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 I teach parallel to that too is this element of self acceptance because, you know, we all um, we all want to help someone else. I think, mm -hmm. you know, innately we want to help, um, and we're less likely to accept our own vulnerability, but it's easier to help somebody else than our, ourselves. Um, and, and I think it's an important thing that I do talk about um, awareness and mindfulness starts with you being aware of yourself, and then you can be have more empathy for someone else. Specifically around suicide, I talk about it um, because it's such a problem. And I, I, I want to educate people on how to be solutions for that when we feel very powerless on same what you're talking about. What do I say? If I talk about it, there's lots of misinformation uh, out there around, well, I don't want to bring up suicide because I might give them an idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, I, I don't want to get involved or I, you know, yeah, you know, I, I don't know what to do about this situation. What if then they, they look to me and I don't know how to help them. And there's a lot of, fear around helping other people. Mm -hmm. um, 
So it is, I bring that up. And I also, um, I think to, the key for anything is to have compassion for yourself first mm -hmm. and have that awareness. And once you have this awareness that, yeah, I am carrying this, you can see it in someone else and, 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 and teach them because you are learning how to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, you know? Yeah, very much so. And I think, you know, in, in regards to even just this topic of suicide and how do you show up is, is this beautiful blend of that compassion, self-compassion, compassion for others, the boundaries in which you were talking about, and even having the correct resources and support, um, to come alongside of just being with someone who is, is going through those situations. So it's not, a it's not you solely by yourself holding others, right? It's, it's the community in which you're, you're building in these events as well. Um, and there, there's a balance to it, right. And it's never just on one. Um, and so I would imagine you, uh, you have, you know, all those resources and supports and, and, you know, directions in which, to point your audience um, once the event is is finished and they're back into their everyday life of what their experiences are. Yeah, we lead everybody back to the foundation and and join and and invite them to come in and be, you know, assist in however they want and also gain the resources just so they can help people in their community. I'm curious of songwriting, words, storytelling is a big part of what you're providing uh, in the healing journey. And I'm curious of how do those words come to you? I would imagine um, that's a pretty sacred experience, um, but tell me a little bit about your journey and finding your words to share with others. There, there are a number of roads um, they come, but the mo most dominant way uh is that i see um uh like a images mm -hmm. so i'm watching a, a movie i'm playing maybe i have a chord that i like i'm playing a strumming pattern i'm connecting with it uh and then i just it's just channeling a sound a melody and then i kind of i'm seeing uh i'm seeing images and i'm engaging with that mm -hmm. and it may not you know um I just channel mm -hmm. I, that's what I'm doing and then you know sometimes there's a word or two I don't like I'll just sing the whole song straight through sometimes and there's like there's like chunks that stay wow like, oh, that whole verse and that oh that's the chorus and that and it just came and then I go back Mm -hmm. And I listen to it. I'm like, what was I saying there? Cause that, sometimes it's not words. It's just sounds to like continue the melody that I'm feeling and the picture that I'm seeing. And I know the, like say the vowel sound will create a certain feeling or image that I have to keep, I have to like bring a word in to fill that vowel. So it's almost like, like I get, I get images from the other realms and then I have to figure out pieces to that go with what it is, but it has to feel right and have the right image attached to it. And I'm just, I'm co I'm co-authoring. <laughs> yeah. You're a spiritual translator. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And so, you know, some songs come in full, like 10 minutes done. And I'm like, all right, but I don't really control what I write. It's not like I'm going to sit down. I don't really consider myself a career writer. Mm -hmm. Like there's writers that are just, that's all they do. 
they write like three songs a day and they craft and they they look for they have methods and they just extraordinary crafts wordsmiths and they I really don't work like that at all it's like I don't say oh, today I'm going to write a I want to write a rock song today or a, a country song or a bluegrass song and I want to sing about this and that like I've never done that and the thought of it doesn't feel good in my body actually right because I like being in that free flow state mm-hmm. where I'm I'm freely co-creating with the spiritual realms. And to do that, I can't really have an agenda as we speak of before. I hold the space. I set the intention. Sometimes I don't even do that. Like I'm walking around the house, I'm doing the dishes and then it comes and I'm like, I got to grab my phone and turn on record and just sing it. Yeah. Yes. I have a lot of that. I have a lot during the night. I'm like, I have a lot going on when I sleep. I'm a, I, I, I cultivate a lot of information. And so I'll be falling asleep and I hear a song. I'm just like, oh, really? And then I, because I know if I go to sleep, I'll lose it. So I get a recorder and you hear me, you know, doing my recording under my covers, like try not to wake Rick up. And (laughs) it's just, you know, I just have to be very open to when the music comes. And sometimes they come in three, three, four songs in a week. I have to just make sure I, I just get it down. Receive, then, yeah. Like that's what I'm doing now. It's like last year's cause I was in the studio a lot and I am traveling and I have all this content in my phone mm. and now I'm like, all right, it's going to be time. Like it's I'm- time, it's time to, to, to make this now. So it's, it's exciting. Um, and it's just the way I work. It's, uh, you know, it's it's another extension of just taking the spiritual energy and making it real in this reality. Beautiful, beautiful. You are, I think it, to me, it sounds like Flo is a familiar friend to you. Flo is definitely a familiar friend to you. And in, in, in ways, it sounds like you almost, um, Flo comes whenever it wants. And you're like, I, mean, I may not even really want Flo to happen right now. So thank you. No Flo. Yeah, no Flo. Thank you. Um, I'm here to take a break. Can I rest a little bit? But um, I'm curious of, are there times where you feel, I would imagine you're, you're human, you feel clunkiness and flow or flows not coming through. How do you, how do you reconnect to your flow? And I, or maybe define flow within your own experience. And then how do you reconnect to that for yourself? Well, I learned all early on um, as being a recipient for spiritual information and, and creativity that if I want to say, I if I have an agenda and I want to do something or create something and it's not happening, not to push it, like I'm going to get it in another way. Like, okay, because I'm one of the things that, I, you know, we all have blessings and gifts. Mm-hmm. My gift has been that I can be, I have limitless creativity. Mm -hmm. I really, I do. And I've come to really just own that, that I can. So if if the creativity is not happening with music, I want to paint or I'm going to write or I'm going to cook Mm -hmm. and be, and like, I just need to create. So I don't really worry. um, And I've never put those pressures on myself. Like I've never had a, like a book deadline to be like, all right, you have to have it done. And if I did, I would probably, you know, create in a different way and give myself like more space and variation. Mm -hmm. But I, 
I, I, yeah, I just, I feel like there's, I don't push anything. Yeah. And even when it sounds like, even when there is a push, you, you are aware and know yourself well enough how to create some space and variation for yourself to allow cracks and air pockets for flow to come in for you. Uh, yeah. which is so powerful. Yeah. And, and, and also being able to go, all right, so you gave me this opportunity and, and, and this has to be done by this time. So if you want me to do this, I'm open, give it to me. Otherwise I, I can't. And then, and there's a certain vulnerability around that, but a certain power to go, you know what? I'm here for you. I'm showing up. I'm not getting what you want me to do here. So now it's on you to give this to me. And always when I do that, and it's terrifying. Yeah. I like could've. I just did this thing recently and I had no sleep for days and I was like so tired and I was afraid I was, I'm going to be live on television. And I was so, I'm like, first of all, you know, you're going to time change. I'm on the other side of the country. I have to go into this early morning tape, you know, it was live and I'm going, I'm so out of it. I can't even think straight. I look like, Oh my God. Like I just got out of bed. How am I going to do it? And I have a, you know, you're on for, five minutes and you have to have sound bites and be intelligent and you need to. And I was just like, I, I was terrified that I was just going to blow it. And, and you, <laughs> and you did I not. Didn't, I didn't. I had three hours of sleep and I was like, okay, this is in your hands. Yeah. You have to make me look beautiful, make me sound smart. Uh-huh. And connect with the people that are, you know, millions of people that are going to be watching this morning show. Right. Like, if you want me to be representing you, representing, representing healing and reaching people, you have to step in because I am. And I believe I talked to you the night before I did that. We connected. And I was just a mess and going, all right, well, that was one of my biggest tests just recently because I had no, I was being ground to the core. Yep. To let go yeah and trust and i miraculously everything went seamlessly and i was invited back to the show so of course you were yeah yeah and i was like okay wow i i did not do any of that like that was yeah. me just being open and going you know it's up to you to get mm-hmm. these circles under my eyes under control and you gave this you gave the space to let it flow through you okay i want to i want to connect with this word open with you cuz i want to know what is what does open feel like sound like taste like look like to you because this is what when i said how would you coach your audience to arrive at one of your, one of your events and you said be open and there is I'm hearing even coaching yourself to be like, just be open and allow it to come through. And I think open can be defined through our own experiences for each individual. But this is, this is, um, it seems like a foundation for you and a, and a, a meeting point for you. And so I'd love to just kind of give a little more life to what yeah. open is from your perspective. Really, really so good. Great question. Um, I think for me, and there's different levels of it to explain, but I think uh, initially open for me is the immediate check-in with my body Mm -hmm. because that's a doorway. And so for me, it's like the beginning place, the starting point to, to 
achieve being open when I feel like I'm not is to take a breath yep. because that will activates to me. It's te- I'm telling myself to relax and to physically open. Mm-hmm. And what I do is ground myself. I feel my feet on the ground. It's like, okay, this is where I am. This is my body in this moment. I want to take a deep breath. My nervous system is saying one thing and I want to change it. So mm-hmm. I need to be present with my nervous system and take a breath and allow it to relax and be with my body mm-hmm. and, and, and in a very compassionate way. And so that's the first, first step is to be with my body. Mm-hmm. And then I have to check in and go, well, how much work is my mind? My mind is too active. So let me get into my heart. Let me just feel the way I'm feeling emotionally right now. And it's, you know, it's the things you may do with EM, EMDR. I don't know if you're familiar with EMDR is the tapping. Yep. Uh, and you have to, you, you, you have to acknowledge with mindfulness, the state you're in and slowly stay with yourself until you phase out of that feeling. And you start to shift your nervous system. And so it's just doing that, acknowledging the body, acknowledging my mind, creating a, a, an open place. So it may look like for some people standing in front of the ocean, feeling your feet in the sand. Mm-hmm. This complete um, surrender to um, a bioentrainment, so to speak. So you resonate with something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. which could be an ocean, it could be the wind, it could be the, the sunrise, it could be a star or a sound, you know? And so it's controlling all of this in the moment. And, and those are my doorways. Connect with the body, connect with the emotions, get into the heart. And, and, and it's, a, it's a real humble, humble place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a place of, of being a servant. And um I'll tell you a little story around how I connected to this. Um, when I get to the other side of my brain, I'm extremely goal-driven and, and, and hyper multitasker. So I have this whole other side of me that I, you know, I get things done and it's, it's not, it's hard based because I have to make decisions all the time and check in here, but I'm very like agenda, da, 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 ape type personality in many ways. This one particular day I was doing that. I was multiple phone calling. I was, um, this is before Zoom. Um, mm-hmm. It was probably about 20 years ago. And I'm on the phone, putting out fires, dealing with things, walking around my house on the phone, sure. like, you know, doing that dance. Mm-hmm. And I see these roses on the coffee table and I noticed them. I put them in there a couple of days ago and I'm walking around and I walk past and out of the corner of my eye, I, I saw one of the roses died, but its head was, no, when roses die, their heads bow. Yes. And I, and I realized I missed something really beautiful while I was in my head running around, just doing things that seemed very insignificant at that moment. And I realized I missed that before the death of this rose, spirit must have been there and it bowed its head in this very mm-hmm. humble way before it left um it, the energy left the body of this rose i don't know why it was so profound for me but it really really was and i i saw a process of surrender through this rose mm-hmm. and and i think these are the things that are surrounding us all the time to teach us and we're just so in our heads, so task oriented and oriented that we don't 
feel it or experience it, that, that showed me how to open and to be. Mm. That showed me how to be in this reverence. And I think when we, we are in this place of reverence, vulnerability, we open up. But, you know, we need to do it in a grounded way, in a very mindful way, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the body will give us that if we connect to it. So I hope that's not a too big of an answer for. That is a beautiful answer to check in with your mind, then the body and then the heart and body so- first, body first, like yeah. body because we're very body driven people, mm-hmm. you know, where we, we think we're our bodies ultimately mm-hmm. and we're not. Yeah. We have to check in with the, you know, with, with the machine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Yeah. And it's always communicating with us, but we've got to be able to listen and tune in. Um, No, I, I think that is such, uh, I mean, such clear and actually actionable steps that we can take me as an individual and for our listeners as well. And thank you for providing some more color on opening. Um, because I think that can be again perceived in so many different ways. But what are actually what are actual ways that we can open ourselves to the life that's happening right in front of our eyes, the experience in front of us, and even opening in ways to other people in a way that feels safe, um, with just the right amount of armor, if you will, um, to really enjoy the beauty, the love, and the richness that life has to offer. Um, I. I want to thank you so much for your insight and your time and your beautiful stories. Um, this, you are a true mindful warrior in the way that we define it uh, through mindful warrior. And it is, it's been so wonderful to have you on and have you share. So thank you for your time. Um, and I, the next step for me is to make it to one of your events and be in the crowd and celebrate you and enjoy the beauty and the gift that you're giving to the world. So thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I loved talking to you so much. You're, you're wonderful. And, uh, I hope people will connect to this when they listen and, um, don't be afraid to reach out. I I have a album coming out it's a it's a storyteller edition of messages from aphrodite that i I released in september but this has some narratives to it just touching upon some of the concepts that i speak about uh in my live performances so people can learn how to approach listening to the songs with a healing intention Mm. um that's coming out january 6th and uh we have an, a wonderful auction going on uh to raise money for suicide prevention veterans and first responders. Um, it's called 12 drummers drumming. Um, you go to 12 drummersdrumming.org or, or go to ravendrumfoundation.org and you can auction, uh, there's an auction, uh, um, just where we're giving away wonderful memorabilia from legendary drummers hmm. and also other, uh, very notable musicians are coming forward to donate guitars and meet and greets and so I think if people want to help and they're looking to contribute, just come, come and visit us there too. Wonderful. And I will make sure all those links are within the show notes so that our listeners have direct access to that. And we, you have a massive fan from the Mindful Warrior community. You know that. So we will be cheering from afar and alongside of you. Thank you I so much. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take the opportunity to share with a friend, Follow Mindful Warrior Radio and leave a review. 
To learn more about Mindful Warrior and Mindful Warrior Radio, please follow us on Instagram at The Real Mindful Warrior and check out our website at www.mindfulwarrior.com. I look forward to our next discussion here on Mindful Warrior Radio. Mm-hmm.